0: What is a hobbit? I suppose hobbits need some description nowadays, since they have become rare and shy of the big people, as they call us. They are, or were, a little people, about half our height, and smaller than the bearded dwarves. Hobbits have no beards. There is little or no magic about them, except the ordinary everyday sort which helps them disappear quietly and quickly when large, stupid folk like you and me come blundering along. They're inclined to be fat in the stomach, and they have clever, long, brown fingers, good-natured faces, and laugh deep, fruity laughs, especially after dinner, which they have twice a day when they can get it.
1: Hey guys. Alrighty there, welcome to Keep On Talking, guys. Welcome back. Yeah, this is episode 36.
0: We are here today to talk to you, as you may have guessed, about the Hobbits.
1: The race of Hobbits.
0: Yeah, this is kind of by popular request too. We had a couple people ask us if we were ever going to actually cover Hobbits as a people. Which, I mean, people love Hobbits and I, I, I
1: sort of don't get it. Because I don't know the the history of the elves and the history of the Dúnedain and the Edain and stuff is just so much more rich and fun.
0: I mean, I, I always saw the Hobbits as kind of the more Hobbits are like the mainstream thing that caught on. the yeah. Tolkien made. Yeah. Like exactly. That's what finally got his name out there, so that we got to finally see all the cool.
1: It's good. It's a gateway drug. <laughs> it's a gateway till you're, and then, and then you know, five years later, you're mainline in the Silmarillion. You know what I mean? Just. Oh. All right, guys. So today's episode, Hobbits. Hobbits. Who are Hobbits?
0: Yeah, let's just start off with the basics. If you don't already know, Hobbits are one of the children of Vatar. They're the short little hairy-footed people. That's who we're talking about. And they live in and around the Shire, which is in, let's not forget, the Old North Kingdom. Some names that we've got here for Hobbits are, of course, Hobbits. They're also called Halflings. Uh, they're also called the Perian, which is Quenya for Halflings. And then they're also called the Perianath, which is Cinderin for the same.
1: And they're also known as
0: Banakil,
1: which is Westron for halfling. And the Holbitla, which is the hole builders, that's also Westron. And Kuduk, which is Rohiric for Kuddukan, which means hole builder. And of course, they're simply known as the little
0: people. I think that's one of the terms they use for themselves. Yeah, the little people. So let's start off with the absolute basics. Um, hobbits are pretty popular, so let's really get down into it. Yeah. So, so let, yeah, let's talk about the... Uh, where they came from.
1: Yeah, the, the idea of... Yeah, it's the, the abstract idea of hobbits, right?
0: Yeah, like it's, the conception of the idea of a hobbit. Yeah. So one night, while Tolkien was uh, correcting reports, because he's a, he's a college professor, uh, he came across a report that had an entirely blank page on it. And he got really excited, and he started scribbling on the page, and he wrote, In a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. And this is before he even knew what hobbits were going to be. Right. I remember reading about that, and apparent, or excuse me, no, you can uh, find interviews of him talking about this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, he, seen,
1: I've seen, I've seen <laughs>
0: one, yeah. He talks about how he was so excited to have a blank page to write on that he almost gave the person an extra point on their exam.
1: <laughs> Sweet.
0: Always remember, never. so if it's a 12-page paper,
1: just leave the last one blank. Go for 11 pages of good content, and they'll forgive you for the last page.
0: Because they get to write something. (laughs) So, like we said, for for Tolkien, the word Hobbit came first, and then he decided to write the story of the Hobbit around it.
1: And the idea of a whole-dwelling creature was introduced to
0: Tolkien by
1: one of his students in a story he had written. In later days, Tolkien wrote to W. H. Auden that the marvelous land of Snurgs was probably an unconscious source for the Hobbits. Yeah, Snurgs,
0: kind of an afternote. Yeah, Snurg
1: really sounds like a racial epithet. <laughs> I don't like it. Let's not use it. We'll call it the S word.
0: The marvelous land of the S's. <laughs> but the marvelous land of the Snurgs was basically—it was a, a children's story written by E. A. Wykesmith uh, from back in Tolkien's day. And the Snergs are basically, they're just a race of short, thick-set, helpful people that just, like, show up and try to help you.
1: They're helpful, like the opposite of gremlins. Yeah, basically.
0: (laughs) So let's get into a little bit of what uh, the Hobbits actually are in Tolkien's Legendarium.
1: So Hobbits are considered, what they say, relatives of men. According to the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbits lost the genealogical details of exactly how they were related.
0: Convenient. But uh, it does imply that since they're of the race of men, that they share in that similar fate yeah. that, the, that uh, men share, where they go beyond Arda after they die and nobody knows what.
1: Yeah, so they have the gift of Ilavatar, which is important.
0: <clears throat> but uh, even though hobbits are considered more like men, they do live a little bit longer than normal men. At least we're talking not the Dunedain. No,
1: nobody outlives them.
0: Hobbits live for around 100 to 130 years, which is pretty long. For mm-hmm. your average mortal.
1: And hobbits are accepted as an adult at age 33, which is uh, generally we're pretty sure the age is 21. In uh, We were talking about this earlier. In Tolkien, it's probably 21.
0: Yeah, versus for men. Yeah. For regular men.
1: We based that on that's when Aragorn hears about his lineage. So we were like, oh, that must be when manhood is. We know uh, from the last episode that in Numenor it was 25.
0: Yeah, for the Dunedain. Yeah. The oldest known hobbits are Old Took, who was 130 years, and Bilbo Baggins, who outdid him, 131. Yeah! That old Bilbo. The most distinguishing features of
1: hobbits, uh, it's their short stature. They're actually smaller than dwarves, which are pretty small, and, uh, they they have, uh, between two and four, They're between two and four feet tall. And over time, hobbits became even shorter, it
0: turns out. They've got those slightly pointed ears, similar to the elves. Because of that, I actually thought that they were originally an offshoot of elves.
1: Right, because of the pointy ears, yeah.
0: Uh, they've got those furry, leathery soles on their feet, um, and they generally don't need shoes or boots.
1: And they were skilled listeners. And had good eyesight. So, yeah, them being skilled listeners, they're always really, they're kind of good at uh, recording tales and stuff like that. Mm. Or like in remembering songs. Like Sam is really good Mm -hmm. at remembering songs once he's heard them.
0: They got that good memory. Yeah. And
1: they're also nimble and dexterous in their movements. Although they are inclined to be fat and they don't hurry unnecessarily, (laughs) (laughs) only run when you have to.
0: The Hobbits of the Shire, they like to dress in bright colors and they're particularly fond of yellows and greens. Uh, Their hair color ranged normally from somewhere in dark brown to blonde and sometimes even some golden red. And they almost all had curly hair. And here's a little excerpt from The Fellowship of the Ring.
1: They dressed in bright colors, being notably fond of yellow and green. But they seldom wore shoes since their feet had tough, leathery soles and were clad in thick, curling hair, much like the hair of their heads, which was commonly brown. Their faces were, as a rule, good-natured rather than beautiful, broad, bright-eyed, red-cheeked, with mouths apt to laughter and to eating and drinking, and laugh they did and eat and drink, often and heartily, being fond of simple jests all of the time.
0: A lot of good qualities in The Hobbits. Yeah, they're cool. I like that they're always fond of simple jests, pretty much like whenever. Yeah. They're They're always down for a good joke. Yeah. Um, We're probably going to be referencing the... uh, That excerpt was from concerning hobbits in the fellowship of the ring which is where a lot of this information comes from yeah the bulk of it. if you ever wanted to know anything about hobbits you basically look there and it tells you all you need to know
1: yeah and honestly if you haven't read it and you claim to have read the fellowship of the ring you're a liar because <laughs> it's in the beginning of the book so read it
0: <laughs> so let's get into a little more of uh, hobbit culture and some of their other characteristics
1: Hobbits spoke the common tongue, which
0: is also known as Westron, and most hobbits were friendly and happy-go-lucky. They were fond of farming, socializing, talking about genealogies, and giving and receiving presents. And apparently, that uh, that note about genealogies—apparently, they were like particularly fond of talking about genealogies.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Because they, yeah, they're always like they know exactly how they're related to people. Yeah. And because their family trees are so fucking close, they're like that's my sec- he's my second cousin once removed on my mom's side and my third cousin twice removed on my dad's side.
0: Yeah, they're super into that kind of stuff and apparently if you ever were to go like visit Shire folk, it's suggested that you get to know their family trees because they're they're crazy about that stuff. They love their books all about family trees. Apparently they love books of things that they know already. <laughs> they don't like new information. They like books about things that they know. A quick excerpt from The Fellowship of the Ring again. They love peace and quiet and good tilled earth. A well-ordered and well-farmed countryside was their favorite haunt. They do not and did not understand or like machines more complicated than a forge bellows, a watermill, or a handloom, though they were skilful with tools. They are quick of hearing and sharp-eyed, and though they are inclined to be fat and to not hurry unnecessarily... They are nonetheless nimble and deft in their movements. They possessed from the first the art of disappearing swiftly and silently, when large folk from whom they do not wish to meet come blundering by, and this they have developed until, to men, it may seem magical.
1: Do you believe in magic in the hobbit's feet?
0: (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, apparently uh, hobbits aren't supposed to be magical in pretty much any way. They yeah. just have this talent of disappearing that men think is magical. Yeah. They're, they're just, just really good at they're it. They're just good. But uh, another common and well-known quality of hobbits, they love food.
1: This is where I jive with hobbits right here.
0: Oh, yeah. Really food. hard.
1: You know, there's, there's a rumor that they're going to make a Lord of the Rings theme, uh, Universal Park. Really? Yeah. Could you imagine the food in the Hobbit part? Oh, that'd
0: be so awesome. Oh, yeah.
1: But Hobbits, yes, they love food, and they enjoy six meals a day when they can get them. And that's breakfast, second breakfast,
0: (laughs) elevensies, luncheon, dinner, and supper. (laughs) He knows about those, doesn't he? (laughs) Yeah, they liked simple food like breads, meats, potatoes, and cheeses. They also had a particular fondness for cakes. Mm, But above all... They are known for prizing mushrooms above,
1: like, everything else. Yeah, mushrooms are so good. I love mushrooms. They're delicious. You don't like mushrooms, do you? I can I can do mushrooms. You like mushrooms on pizza?
0: Nah. Mm-hmm. I like cooked mushrooms, like, when they're cooked in, I don't know, foods and appetizers. On pizza, I don't know.
1: Dude, those deep-fried m- s- mushrooms at the State Fair are really yes,
0: good. Yes, those are really good.
1: Yeah. I'm hungry. Are you hungry?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm super hungry. Talking about all this food. <laughs> So, other than food, hobbits also developed a keen taste for brewing and drinking ales, which is great because I'm recently
1: getting into ales. You know what I mean? Like for the last couple of years. I think it's as you oh, get yeah? older, yeah. You get like, to w- appreciate a good ale. Yeah, when I was like underage, I like you know like the lagers, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like Coors Light and shit. Yeah, but, the, uh, the
0: ones that are like watered down piss.
1: Yeah, now I like ales, so I would love to hanging out with hobbits.
0: They also loved smoking pipeweed and blowing smoke rings. Blowing smoke rings was uh, actually first started by Tobold Hornblower of uh, Longbottom in the South Farthing. He was the one that started to uh, grow on the Longbottom leaf. Yeah, yeah, old Toby. But apparently smoke rings was like a particular pastime that they had.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you believe just, I mean, we're not going to get into this because it's a huge debate. Okay. Is pipeweed an intoxicant? Go.
0: How do you mean?
1: Like, does it make you f- feel more effects than tobacco?
0: I'd say no, because I'm pretty sure Tolkien explicitly compares it to tobacco on a handful of occasions. Mm. So don't I don't know. have any to note off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it's it's mm. supposed to be tobacco.
1: I know everyone loves to think
0: that... Uh, well,
1: because in the movie, when the, they roll up to uh, Isengard, Pippin and Mary don't look like they've been smoking tobacco. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs>
0: They'd also been drinking, though. They had that cups is true. of ale. <laughs> They were drinking. Although in the, uh, the Hobbit, they totally played on that, though. Oh, yeah. In The Hobbit film, they had that scene where Radagas and Gandalf are, are talking, and Radagas has all worked. I was like, here, take a puff of old Toby. <laughs> It'll and calm your nerves. And he's like, mm. Yeah, and it looks like he gets super ripped for a second there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, the Hobbit I'm movies are so
1: great. <laughs> 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 to hear more about that, let's see episodes one and two. And three. So though generally timid, hobbits proved to have great courage, endurance, and res- resistance to evil. Yeah, you see that time and time again with hobbits. Oh, yeah. yeah. A good
0: example, Gollum. Gollum. Despite, I mean, having the ring of power for so many years, he didn't transform fully into a ring wraith. and he didn't fall under the ring's evil power like men did. That's how all the ring wraiths came to be.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's also seen in Frodo's resilience to the ring. But as we learned, even Frodo's resilience not enough. hashtag Frodo failed.
0: <laughs> hashtag Frodo failed. We're starting it. Started on Twitter, guys. Don't uh, forget. Yeah, and follow us on Twitter
1: at kot podcast on Twitter. That's <laughs> uh,
0: during the long winter, also Gandalf uh, states that he admired their he admired their uncomplaining courage and their pity for one another. And uh, thanks to that, uh, Gandalf thinks that's why the hobbits survived that long winter.
1: And during their wandering days, hobbits were able to easily adapt to the environments that they visited, adopting the customs and language of the people they were in contact with.
0: So, yeah, they're good at learning other people's languages and cultures. Yeah, they're really good with the culture thing in general. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what they're all about. Yeah. Because that's like just what they do in the Shire.
1: Mm -hmm. They're very, I like hobbits too because they're very hospitable. Like if you go to a hobbit's house, they're going to feed you and like... Oh, yeah. Give you some pipe tobacco to smoke, you know
0: he should have seen his air quotes
1: (laughs) hobbits are entirely without non-human powers but are represented as beings more in touch with nature the soil and other living things plants and animals and abnormally for humans free from ambitions of greed or wealth they are made small partly due to exhibit the pettiness of man and mostly to show in creatures of very small physical power the amazing and unexpected heroism of ordinary men in a pinch
0: Yeah, apparently hobbits are just supposed to be real tough, resilient little motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. Hard to kill.
1: After settling in the Shire, hobbits preferred a quiet and peaceful lifestyle, and they became very ignorant of the happenings of the world, very suspicious of other people and other places, and they refer to them as outsiders. See, here's where I don't like hobbits. They're very xenophobic, and I don't like xenophobia.
0: Yeah, they're really not open to much outside stuff. Yeah. They're pretty much just like, they just choose ignorance, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, The calendar of the Shire is actually pretty similar to our own. In Shire Reckoning, they have 12 months, and uh, their months are consistently 30 days each. Unlike ours, which fucking change.
1: Yeah. And then every four years we add a day. Duh, okay. Duh. <laughs> I mean, obviously there's <laughs>
0: scientific reason why we have to do that. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just it's nice that <laughs> they have such a clean cut calendar. Their yeah. world worked out so well.
1: You don't have to do that trick where you count on your knuckles to find out <laughs> which how many days are.
0: In the month, they're oh, all sh- 30.
1: Shit, it's March. March has 31. Because you know why? That's your birthday. The 31st of... Yeah. Uh, um, 31st of March. It's yeah. me. Yeah. I always remember that there's thirty one days in March because your birthday's on the last day of March. I remember that for that reason too, <laughs> like for the instance, my birthday's April eighteenth. I have no idea how many days are in april
0: thirty mm thirty it's a day after a thirty one okay or it's the it's the month following right. a thirty one day month so it's uh it's thirty yeah
1: whatever. I prefer the Julian calendar.
0: <laughs> Well, since we're talking about birthdays, uh, we may as well also mention that in the Shire, the Hobbits also developed the custom of giving away gifts on their birthdays instead of receiving them. Yeah. Good example is a Bilbo's 111th birthday. Yeah. They didn't really touch on it in the movie, but if you read the book, there's a yeah. whole process that poor Frodo has to go through. Yeah. of just like dishing out gifts. Yeah, dude. And
1: like they the kids get like dwarf-made toys and stuff from yeah. Lake Town. Bilbo
0: has some cool stuff. Yeah. That's a pr- I just thought that was a really cool Hobbit tradition giving away gifts on your birthday rather than receiving
1: yeah I like that and instead they do that specifically because they get like they end up having like two presents a week on, oh, av- yeah. on average yeah because everybody's got a birthday you know what I mean like
0: yeah it's true so let's get into uh, some of the early origins where in time hobbits came into play in the legendarium the
1: exact origins of hobbits
0: are unknown. Uh, but it's, it's suspected that the hobbits branched out from men during the elder days. Which is a long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. For us not having any information about them throughout an entire age. Yeah, there's
1: ages of hobbit history that are lost. That are just lost
0: because they just didn't care to keep it, I guess. By the time they were discovered, they had already been around for many generations. And that's when they were discovered in the, uh, the Vale of Anduin, right?
1: Yes, and that's where the earliest known groups of hobbits lived, in the early Third Age.
0: So while they lived in the valley of the and the hobbits lived close by the eothad
1: yeah our friends the eothad
0: which is like the early Rohirrim.
1: yeah their uh, yeah their leader was ale the young at least the one that brought him down was ale the young
0: yep when they settled in that area mm-hmm. so naturally the hobbits had some contact with the eothad and as a result a lot of the words that you uh, hear in hobbitish a lot of their names and things are actually derivatives from Rohirric words
1: and that's why that name the eothad name that we heard from the beginning hobbit Hobbitla is hobbitla, uh, yeah. hobbitla, and that is uh hole builders in Rohirric.
0: Yeah, by the Third Age, uh, when we actually have the Rohirrim, the Rohirrim they only knew the hobbitla as an object of lore until they actually met hobbits during the War of the Ring. It was they didn't even think that they existed, like a lot of people, mm-hmm. because hobbits don't really travel. That'd just be
1: really funny. Like, what if like. One day just some leprechauns showed up and you were like, yes, these are the representatives of the leprechauns of Lepreconia. And you're, you're like, like, oh shit. Oh shit. First, two things just happened. I learned that there are leprechauns and two, <laughs> there is one standing in front of me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would be super interested in leprechaun history if I just found oh, out yeah. that they existed.
1: I'd get all into leprechaun lore.
0: Oh, uh, We've got a quick excerpt from The Return of the King. I think this is Theoden speaking. Already I have seen many marvels since I left my house, and now here before my eyes stand yet another of the folk of the legend. Are these not the halflings that some among us call Hobitlin? But I will not deceive you, we know no tales about hobbits. There are no legends of their deeds, for it is said that they do little, and avoid the sight of men being able to vanish in a twinkling. Yes, yeah, so the Rohirrim have heard about these guys. Yeah, because they had that contact way back in the day. Yeah. But they thought that they were just old objects of lore. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time we
1: where Hobbit history starts, uh, there are three breeds of Hobbits. And uh, they have different characteristics and temperaments. And those three types are the Harfoots, the Stewers, and the Fallow Hides.
0: The Harfoots are the most common type of Hobbit. These are generally the Hobbits that you... Or imagining when you think of hobbits. Mm -hmm. Stereotype. Yeah, the stereotypical ones. They're smaller, they're darker skinned, they're less adventurous, they prefer to sit down and uh, settle in one place rather than go on exploring, and uh, they're known to live in holes dug into hillsides. And our second type, the stewers, they're the second most numerous, and they are broader
1: and heavier, and they lived on the marshy Gladden fields where the Gladden River met the Anduin, and they are fond of riversides, boats, and swimming. And two
0: examples of stewers are Smeagol and Deagle. Yeah, they loved being on the river. Yeah, they were fishing when they found the ring. And the third type, the fallowhides. They are the least numerous, but they're described as taller, fairer, and lighter-skinned than the others. Uh, they prefer to live in the woods and the forests. They were skilled with hunting and languages. They were a more adventurous people. They were friendlier with the elves and such. Um, in later days, the families that had phalohide blood in them, they were usually a bit more eccentric and they tended to be the leaders.
1: And of course, our two favorite clans, the Tooks and the Brandybucks, are descendants of phalohides. So let's talk about when the hobbits actually established themselves in Eriador, actually come to where we'd know hobbits to
0: live. So around the year 1050 of the Third Age is when the hobbits crossed over the Misty Mountains into Eriador. So they traveled west, over the mountains, and... They traveled because it's suspected this was because of the growing power of Sauron in Greenwood the Great. Because at this time, this is when Sauron uh, was uh, residing in Dol Guldur and he was searching around Gladden Fields for the One Ring.
1: Yeah, and that's when Greenwood uh, was, they started calling it Mirkwood. Yeah, this is when Mirkwood becomes a thing.
0: That's when the hobbits move.
1: The Harfoots were the first of the three kinds to cross the Misty Mountains into Eriador. And the Stoors were the last.
0: Yeah, they all took different routes along the way to get through the mountains. I'm sure that was probably a big journey. Um, but uh, when they started resettling on the other side, on the west side of the mountains, in Breeland and in Dunland, that's when the divisions between the different types of hobbits just kind of began to blur.
1: And in the year 1601, two Fallowhead brothers named Marcho and Blanco, sound like Mark's brothers, and they were gained, they gained permission from the king of Arnar, who we looked it up was Argoleb II to cross the Brandywine River and settle on the other side. So yeah, they actually got permission from the... From the king. From the king.
0: And right on the other side, the west side of the Brandywine River, where they settled, is what came to be known as the Shire.
1: And then that was also year one in the Shire Reckoning.
0: This is, yeah, this is when the Shire is founded. Many hobbits followed them over the Brandywine, and uh, most of the territory that they had settled in, in the earlier parts of the Third Age, were completely abandoned, Outside of Bree and some of the uh, surrounding areas around Bree. Hobbits still hung out there.
1: Yeah, for some reason I always forget that there's hobbits in Bree.
0: Yeah, Bree is a pretty popular place for the mingling of hobbits and men. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. I think Bree would be a cool place. I think
1: Bree would be a cool town. I'd like to stay at the Prancing Pony. Hell yeah. Talk to Butterbur. Butter would
0: be, Butterbur would be a funny guy to talk to. Be,
1: we could be mean to, what's his name, Nob, the servant. <laughs> be a dick to Nob. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I want to go there.
0: Get drunk with all the hobbits when it's like... And talk shit about Nob. When it's evening and talk shit about Nob,
1: <laughs> While he's like over in the corner too, you can definitely hear you.
0: Now in the year 1636 is when we get a pretty terrible event. It's known as the Dark Plague. So this, they've been settled here in the Shire for about 35 years when this comes around.
1: And many hobbits were killed, just like uh, many men were killed.
0: Yeah, we've heard about this before.
1: Yeah, in the uh, Kingdoms of the Dúnedain series. Check them out because they're super awesome.
0: Yeah, the uh, the Shire was just one of many places that were hit by this. Uh, a lot of the other kingdoms were actually hit much harder. A good example of this is Gondor. This is the time and the reason why Gondor stopped their guard of Mordor because this plague came through and just wiped them out.
1: Yeah, and also it's the reason why they were able to give Rohan to the Eothade Because Kalinardan, which it used to be called, was depopulated from the plague. Yeah, everyone just died. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Here, take our plagued land. Thanks a lot for your help.
1: (laughs) We have so much land now. Please take some. Everybody's dead.
0: Uh, The plague actually hit the region of Cardolan in uh, the old kingdom of Arnor. It hit Cardolan particularly hard, and it actually killed all of the remaining Dunedain there. And that's what allowed the Witch King to send evil spirits down to infest the Barrow Downs there. And that's how the Barrow Downs become haunted.
1: Yeah. Real shit, man. Real shit. And uh, hobbits uh, in the Shire, they swore allegiance to the last king of Arnor. The last kings of Arnor. Loyal subjects.
0: So since they swore allegiance to the king, uh, that means they'd fight for him. So during the Battle of Fornost in the year 1975, the hobbits maintained that they sent archers to help. Although it's not actually recorded anywhere else, they say.
1: But, yeah, you don't say that they didn't in a hobbit town.
0: No, they they maintain that they definitely sent archers. And, I mean, hobbits are known to be uncanny marksmen.
1: Yeah, they're good with projectile weapons.
0: Yeah, pebbles, anything.
1: Yeah, that's what I love about hobbits. They're really good at throwing rocks. Mm Mm-hmm. There's that part where Sam throws an apple at Bill Fernie's nose. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's really good.
0: But after the loss of the Battle of Fornost and the entire fall of the Kingdom of Arnor, the Hobbits had to elect their own Thane because they didn't have a leader anymore. The king was dead and gone.
1: And the first the first Thane of the Shire was Buca of the Marish, who founded the Oldbuck family. And the Oldbuck family later crossed the Brandywine River and they became the Brandybucks. Yes, yeah, so that's how we get the Brandy Buck family. And then they founded
0: Buckland, right? Just on the east side of the Brandywine there.
1: And they elected their own leader, and they called him the Master of Buckland.
0: Yeah, so now the Brandybucks, they've kind of got their own place uh, just outside the edge of the Shire. So after the old Buck family left the Shire for Buckland, they had to get a new family of leaders to be Thane, because the old Bucks, they were the Thanes originally of the Shire. Now they're in Buckland. So this is when the Took family takes over as the new family of Thanes.
1: And the Thane was responsible for the Shire moot, the Shire muster, and also, this is my favorite term, hobbitry in arms.
0: (laughs) A bunch of armed hobbits. Yeah. They're like military force.
1: But as the hobbits of the Shire generally lead peaceful and uneventful lives, the office of Thane became more of a formality.
0: Yeah, they didn't wield much power in a place where nothing really happened.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, the Tooks are like the richest family too, aren't they?
0: I think so. They're yeah. one of the major families. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the major political power of the Shire was actually held by the mayor of Mickle Delving. The uh, mayor's duties included overseeing the post, something that's a lot more <laughs> applicable to Hobbit life, mm-hmm. uh, overseeing the quote-unquote police force, they call them the sheriff's, uh, the police force, mainly all the police force did was dealt with grazing disputes. <laughs> like there was no, there wasn't, there was the hobbits weren't prone to like murder murder and mischief and crime. <laughs> so like what are the police going to do? They generally had to deal with people's livestock grazing in the wrong place.
1: Tom Chubb murdered Billy Grubb. Get over here quick.
0: <laughs> the uh, mayor of Meikle Delving was also obliged to preside at banquets, which is something I'm sure the mayor loved to do. So by the time of the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, the family of hobbits living in the Shire consisted of the Bagginses and the Buffins, hey; the Tooks and Brandybucks, hey; Grubs, hey; Chubs, hey; Horn hey; Bulgers, hey; Brass girdles, hey; and Proudfoots. proud feet. <laughs> well done. Thank you for thank, thank you. you for doing that. Thank for me.
1: you. Small round of applause. Woo! In the year 2740 of the Third Age, a band of orcs from the Misty Mountains, who else, uh, led by their king, Golfimbul, he invaded several parts of Iridor.
0: Bad news. So seven years later, by uh, 2747, the orcs actually reached the Shire, and there was actually trouble in the Shire for the first time.
1: In the hobbits, they were led by Bandobras bullroar
0: Took, and he fought the orcs in the north farthing yeah and this is where we get the famous battle of grain fields the hobbits won the battle with with uh, bullroar their leader and the uh, victory came about when bullroar Took killed the orc king by beheading him and we've got a a wonderful excerpt from the this hobbit this is great yeah
1: this is, this is so the hobbit i love I love reading The Hobbit versus Lord of the Rings because it's like you can tell immediately which, oh, one, yeah. which one you're reading.
0: Yeah, we've had a couple uh, excerpts throughout this episode where we've gone back and forth. You might be able to tell the difference. Old Took's
1: great-granduncle, Bo- Bullroarer was so huge for a hobbit that he could ride a horse. He charged the ranks of the goblins of Mount Graham in the Battle of Greenfields and knocked their King Golfimble's G- G- head clean off with a wooden club. It sailed a hundred yards through the air and went down a rabbit hole. And in this way, the battle was won and the game of golf invented at the same time.
0: (laughs) I love that little addition. Yeah. Yeah, This is when golf came about. Um, In an early version, earlier versions of that passage, when Tolkien was still putting the story together, he also uh, included golf and chess. But eventually oh. he he edited that out because he thought it was a little too much. Apparently the <laughs> it's Battle of Greenfields bit much. <laughs> Apparently the Battle of Greenfields was supposed to be like a chess match.
1: Oh, I see. Okay.
0: But he, he didn't like that either, so we cut it out.
1: All right. All right.
0: But I mean after the Battle of Greenfields, the Hobbits had peace for around two hundred and seventy years, which is pretty great. In the late in the year three thousand eighteen is when they finally saw some unrest again, and that was when Saruman took the Shire with a band of evil men. In
1: November third, third age thirty nineteen, the battling the Battle of Bywater happens,
0: and this is during what's known as the Scouring of the Shire. Yeah, so Saruman took over sometime what when uh, Frodo and friends were balls deep into the whole War of the Rings. Yeah, they were trouble. busy with that whole thing. And then they arrived back, I think, the day before this, and the third is when they... Yeah, and they started the rebellion. They yeah. started the rebellion. And uh, during the scouring of the Shires, when Wormtongue kills Saruman by slitting his throat... Slit! And uh, before Frodo could react, the hobbits went ahead and just shot Wormtongue, and that's when Worm <laughs> Wormtongue gets killed with three arrows.
1: So endeth <laughs> the Wormtongue.
0: But uh, all in all... Um, We're not going to get into too much other detail about the scouring of the Shire because, spoiler alert, we might actually be doing that as its own episode coming up sometime here. No,
1: we would never do that, Joel. What are you talking about? Never? No. Hmm. We will never do, mark my words, (laughs) we will never do a scouring of the Shire episode. Not on this podcast. Not on this podcast. Go elsewhere for that.
0: (laughs) But uh, after the Third Age, going into the Fourth Age, uh, it's not much else is uh, known about the Hobbits. Uh, we know that their numbers dwindled down and their stature actually became progressively smaller. In the prologue concerning Hobbits the, in the Fellowship of the Ring, it states that they have survived until Tolkien's day. He does write about them in the present tense. So apparently they still survived on. They didn't all die off. They're still around, guys. They're still around today. They're just real good about uh, staying out of sight.
1: Maybe they live in Shetland with those ponies. Remember?
0: Those tiny little ponies? Yeah. Maybe the people
1: are really small too. I was thinking of that the other day. Maybe Maybe. the horses are small because the people are small.
0: Is there anybody from Shetland Islands listening? (laughs) Are the people as small as the horses? Is that how this came about?
1: Yeah, I was thinking of that while I was driving.
0: (laughs) Uh, But that's uh, most of the actual history and everything that we've got on The Hobbit's We thought we'd kind of end that off with a a really cool quote from Tolkien from one of his letters about him talking about how he's a hobbit, actually. So a quick excerpt from one of Tolkien's letters. I am, in fact, a hobbit in all but size. I like gardens, trees, and unmechanized farmlands. I smoke a pipe and like good plain food, unrefrigerated. But I detest French cooking. I like and even dare to wear, in these dull days, ornamental waistcoats. I am fond of mushrooms, out of a field, have a very simple sense of humor, which even my appreciative critics find tiresome. I go to bed late and get up late when possible. I do not travel much. That was the most English
1: shit I've ever read in my whole life. I know. <laughs> I love so how great.
0: it's so English it
1: even took a second to say fuck you to the French. Mm-hmm. Right there in the middle. But I detest French cooking. He ah. just
0: had to throw it in there. Yeah, That's not... Uh, it's not like detesting French cooking is a characteristic of hobbits or something. No, yeah. you just had to throw it in there.
1: Yeah, those hobbits hate crepes, dude.
0: <laughs> Are crepes French? I don't want to sound like an idiot. Are crepes French? You're asking the wrong guy. Oh, I'm the know. one that thought New Zealand was not an island. Let's hit up
1: uh, Tristan on uh, Twi- on uh, Facebook. Tristan, he's from one of our listeners. He's from France. We'll ask him. Are crepes French? <laughs> Are crepes French, or is that just bullshit?
0: To kind of end things off here, we're going to let's review some of the notable hobbits.
1: This is a fun list. Let's start from the top. Of course, we start with Bilbo Baggins. And then, of course, Frodo Baggins. And then, of course, Samwise
0: Gamgee. And then, Mary Marietic Brandy Book. We've got good old Peregrine, Pippin, Took. Fredegar, also known as Fatty Bulger. Farmer Maggot. There's uh, Rosie Cotton in the Cotton family. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of cottons. And the uh, Sackville is Lobelia, Otho, and Lotho. And of course, Smeagol, Smeagol. And his cousin Deagle. So we're going to
1: close off with a little segment here called, uh, what's your favorite Hobbit? Who's your favorite Hobbit,
0: Joel? We were actually talking about this just before the episode and I said we're probably going to say the same one. Yeah, we're but I'm going to, I'm not, I'm going to do, we're not, you changed it? I changed it because I, I don't know why I totally forgot. Okay. Who's your favorite?
1: All right. I'm worried now. Okay. <laughs> Samwise Gamgee, of course.
0: Yep, and I was going to say Sam as well until I remembered Bilbo's my favorite.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, Bilbo's the shit. He's like a lore master and stuff. I love Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, games. Bilbo's awesome. Good songwriter.
0: Yeah, he is a really good songwriter. Yeah. yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. But those are our favorite hobbits. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I, like I think Sam is
1: just the shit. I think. He's who are he's
0: your guys' favorite hobbits? Yeah,
1: let us know who your favorite hobbits are, guys. Hashtag, hashtag favorite hobbit. Yeah, hit us up on Twitter, hashtag favorite hobbit. But let's get to our next favorite segment. What did we learn today on K.O.T.?
0: What did we learn? So today we learned about uh, Tolkien's initial conception of hobbits and their age and appearance.
1: We learned about their culture and characteristics
0: and also where they come from. And uh, we also learned about their move into Eriador and the establishment of the Shire.
1: Yeah, yeah. We learned about all those things and more.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're advertising for the episode we just finished. Yeah, yeah. If you want to hear more, <laughs> just rewind the episode.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just go ahead and rewind it.
0: But that's all we've got for you today, folks.
1: That's all for the Hobbits episode, guys. Thanks. Hope you hope you enjoyed it. Hope it was everything you guys wanted it to be.
0: Yeah, we hope we kinda covered everything uh everyone wanted to hear. Thanks again to everyone for listening. Thanks so much. Listenings listens are flooding in these days. It's really fun to yeah. see. Don't forget to like and follow us on all the social medias.
1: Uh, Yeah, and that includes Facebook, uh, which Joel tends to do more, Uh, the Twitter, which I tend to do more. And I also started a personal Twitter if you want to follow me in more candid uh, discussions of politics, movies, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, That's uh, Danny J, J J-A-Y-K-O-T on Twitter. And then uh, also we have Instagram,
0: which is fun. And don't forget the YouTube.
1: Oh yeah, let's not forget the YouTube. A lot of yeah. so people listen on YouTube. If, if you're, you're
0: uh, a boob tuber,
1: yeah, or like if you're if your boss
0: like blocks uh, SoundCloud for That's whatever exactly reason. That's exactly what it's like at my job where mm-hmm. I work. I have to use YouTube all the time. Yeah, because they block SoundCloud. Because they yeah they block all the major websites. Yeah, except so for YouTube.
1: If you can't hit us up on SoundCloud, all of our shit is on YouTube, guys. So fear not, you can have it wherever. But yes, also thanks uh, for donating to the Patreon, everyone who does that. And uh, yeah, Patreon, if you don't know, is a way to help support us to do what we do. And as a little thank you, we give you some extra bonus content. It's fun stuff. Which is, yeah, it's really fun. We are, we're about to put one out soon here, like probably today.
0: So Yeah, yeah. thanks a lot to everyone and all of our Patreons. It, it really helps us a lot.
1: It does so much. Thank you. But yeah, that's all for us guys. Thanks so much for listening. Um I am and will be for a while Danny J. And I am and might
0: continue to stay Joel N.
1: And this is the end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As always. Keep, keep on, on talking.
1: Aware and tulaba.